Hello there, Commerce Chefs listeners. As you may know, the Commerce Chefs podcast feed has been a bit quiet these days. We're still looking to see where season two best fits into our overall strategy at PB&J, our e-commerce agency baby that Tom and I spend most of our waking hours focused on. But all that said, it doesn't mean we didn't want to give you, our most wonderful listeners, a little holiday gift at the most wonderful time of the year. Recently, Tom and I, your favorite podcast hosts, sat down on the Journey Map podcast hosted by maybe your new favorite podcast host, Dave Hale. Journey Map is a podcast that deconstructs the career paths taken by some of the world's most interesting people. Their words, not ours, but we, we agree 60%. And it's produced by fellow kick-ass agency, Craft & Crew. We talked about our journey at PB&J, the challenges and blessings Tom and I have with being in partnership with each other for over a decade, and why we shut down PB&J for an entire month this past August. It was a great fireside chat with lots of laughs and a little nuggets we thought you might find interesting, especially heading into the new year. So, if you're interested in pulling up a proverbial chair and a bucket of eggnog, get ready to snuggle in by the fire as Tom, Dave, and I deconstruct our journey. Also, if you're interested in hearing more Journey Map episodes, you can do so on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Enjoy! Welcome back to Journey Map, the crafting crew podcast where we dive deep into the professional and oftentimes very personal journeys of leading entrepreneurs, marketers, creatives, and technologists. My name is Dave Hale, and today I'm joined by Kyle Dutka and Tom Culver, co-founders of PB&J. In this episode, we talk to Kyle and Tom about their long working relationship, how starting their own D2C brand led to their focus at PB&J, and why they shut down for the month of August this past year. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for taking this journey with us today. Tom and Kyle, PB&J. Crafting crew, PB&J. Very agency. Yeah, we got a lot of agency name stuff happening it. here. Have you guys seen those like agency name generators? Uh, you <laughs> no, just like but... plug in like various attributes about yourself or the company and it'll like spit out your like, here's your pretentious agency name. It, I definitely think we both just did that. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. We, uh, we, did, yeah. we use the generator <laughs> though, that just spits out letters, uh, not, not actual words. And, <laughs> and that's what we went with. It was cheaper. Yeah. Like yours actually was just like JPB and you're like, Oh wait, we change these around. Yeah. That's how we're, that's how we're creative. Uh, Dave is we just, we move letters around, um, and we made something that's equally familiar and nonsensical. Well, that can be in your elevator pitch for, uh, for the agency moving forward. We just move letters around. We just push pixels. Really. That's all we do. Well, and in some ways, like that is kind of what you guys do. I mean, we're going to get into PB and J and and all the amazing work you're doing in D2C and uh, work with Shopify and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we've had a few, um, you know, e-commerce uh, agency founders on this season, uh, which has been really exciting. But let's just start at the beginning. And and uh, you know, I like to go back into people's childhoods, and there's always like dark stuff in there mm-hmm. that's fun to yeah. tease out. But where I actually want to start with you guys is just your relationship, because I think mm-hmm. what's so unique or special or beautiful, whatever adjective you want to use is like you've been together for a long time and in many different ways from C yeah. design king in portland strata here you guys have yeah. done a lot of stuff together so 
uh, after all that time, like, what is it that you hate most about each other? <laughs> uh, okay. Can I go first? Yes. Kyle can go first. There's nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Okay. So what, what do you think though, is, is the, the reason why this partnership has, you know, not just endured in, in one business, but you know, you've decided to, to say, let's get married again and again and again, <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, I've been with Kyle like a month less than I've been with yeah. my wife. So like equally the longest standing, uh, most important relationship in my life. So there you go, Kyle. You're like my other, my other spouse. Yeah. And, and likewise, well, two years yeah. before I got married. So it's, I've, we've been married longer than Britt and I've been married. And legally there's probably more at stake in this there marriage is, as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, okay. it's kind of a joke, but it's true. I think that's one of the things that early in the partnership you realize is like, holy crap, like this, this is, I'm actually learning a lot more about, you know, relationships and big life decisions with, with Tom than I thought I signed up for and actually, you know, correlated a lot of that into, into life from it's different. Mm-hmm. Don't maybe don't, you know, don't compare your spouse to your business partner. Maybe, maybe not, but also there's a lot to learn from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, we, we have, uh, myself and, and two other partners as well, Phil and Chad. And, and I think that um, Phil and I especially have participated in panels about, you know, how do you make good partnerships work? We've been together, all of us have been together for 11 years. Um, oh, and yeah. yeah. And I think that uh, it is like a, a marriage uh, or any relationship uh, that's long-term where it's there's ups and downs and especially when you have three people in our case it's like one person might be in a down two people are in an up that creates an even more interesting dynamic um and you know i think um not to be cheesy but let's just take like a lead a lead with love kind of an approach um Mm -hmm. a great deal of of empathy and understanding uh for each other and and also just understanding like you know what i what i'm i i i I'm pretty publicly outspoken about uh, my disdain for millennial and Gen Z culture, despite being of that age. Um, (laughs) I have a friend who's like, you would be a great crusty old 70 year old dude. (laughs) Yeah. We all aspire for that. I think someday. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, where I'm going with the point is that um, I do like how in 2021, like we do all acknowledge that, you know, there's work and there's life and uh, those things get in the way. And I think our partnership's been tested yeah. the most when the life stuff has, has been challenging, whether, you know, people are having like bouts of depression because of loss or grief or whatever it is. Like, what do you think has been the biggest challenge that your, your relationship has had to overcome and across all these different ventures you've been involved in together? Ooh, good one. Uh, I, I mean, immediately I go to Kyle having more hair than I do, but I don't know that that really answers the question um, properly. Uh, biggest challenge, you know, uh, yeah. it, can I go first, Kyle? I'll- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go please. I, I think, um, and I, I do say this with love, I, I think our biggest challenge has been taking too long to realize what our own individual strengths are. Um, I, I think to what you'd asked before, Dave, like what are the things that make a good partnership? I, I would go toward, you know, trust and alignment, um, a shared vision, a sense yeah. of humor, and and just a deep level of care and understanding. Um, yeah. But though focusing on those, um, sometimes the, the positives, 
I think in my case personally has kind of distracted from focusing on the negative and, and knowing that negative isn't bad. The negative being, what am I not good at that, that Kyle is, and we don't have to yeah. have the same strengths. We don't have to do everything together as like nice and fun as that, you know, sounds like where we're skipping down the sidewalk with our <laughs> arms linked and nice music in the background with the sunset. Um, I think that's probably been the biggest thing that's gotten in or, or, I guess friction point as as we've grown is just not coming to that realization sooner. Yeah. How do you guys break down your your roles within the business? Let's start there. Well, it's it's. I mean, this has kind of evolved. I feel like every six months it evolves in a new way. But right now, where we're focused, um, Tom's primarily focused on new business, and and mostly, you know, I say you know eighty percent of energy is there, and then another kind of. 15, 20% uh, is in like, you know, marketing sales strategy, kind of growth strategy. And then like on, you know, Tom gets to visit um, over in like, what I find is like the the business direction, the business leadership, which is like something Tom's really strong at, but is needed right now in the new business. So where my role has evolved to has been in that like business leadership. We work on the strategy together, but then I'm kind of like integrating it day over day with the team. So like a lot of people leading was doing a lot of operations. We just brought on a head of operations. So it's kind of, kind of how we've split it out. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting journey. Cause I think Tom, what you're saying is so true is we've been finding this group of like, I think in, in, in partnerships is like, they can be so beautiful and powerful and then they can also get in the way of each other. And so you're, you're like, if you were to hire, you wouldn't hire two of the same people to like sit and do the same thing, but because you're your partners, you're like, Oh yeah, well, I need to have them in that conversation. So I, yeah. Even every month right now, we're just like, Tom's got that or Kyle's got that. And just like letting each other do that. Well, at the same time, still like trying to find that balance of like challenging each other and like, we're still accountable to each other. So it's like navigating the, Hey, I, I love you as a person. And also like, we need results from each other. Like, um, <laughs> so, so it's this weird balancing act of like giving each other space, but then also being like, but no one's got a free pass. Like we're still like in roles in the company. Yeah. How do you feel about it, uh, Tom? Well, I feel really good about it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that that pretty much that hits it. Um, I'll say this optimistically, and it, it's not that we haven't um, it's not that we haven't gone through a lot of peaks and valleys, um, but I, I don't I don't look back myself anyway and sort of say, "Man, these were all the problems we had." Uh, I, I do look back and say, like these are all the things that we got through. Um, hmm. and I know that we both have learned a lot from it. So yeah, I, 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 that's all I'd lend to that. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning of, of your, uh, relationship. What was the, out of all those things I mentioned earlier, which one I, I should have looked up this is a very professional uh, podcast. Um, it's okay. We just made it all up anyways. They're not, you looked on LinkedIn. It's all fake. Yeah. yeah. Well, which, which of those things came first? Uh, King of Portland? Was it uh, site? Like, wh where, where did you guys meet each other first? Ah, it was actually before any of those, Dave. Um, Tell us. We, <laughs> I was born in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, December 18th. And oh, that's where that beautiful accent's from, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Southern Ontario. Um, yeah, so, so we met, we met in school. Um, that, that's not very exciting, but I, I think that the, I'll say the cute, the cute part mm. of it, uh, the is meat cute, the meat cute. The meat um, cute. Yeah. 
so we were late to our first uh, class in design school. Um, and so we were by default at the back because we didn't want all of our new peers and classmates to be like, oh, they're those guys, uh, you know, late to their first class. Um, but we sat together and um, of course we just got talking. So we weren't even listening anyway. We may as well just have not shown up. Um, yeah, but we, I don't know, we kind of hit it off and uh, Kyle was into this thing called web design at the time. And I was like, well, that that's not going anywhere, um, but cool. I'm into branding and typography and I'm going to make a living off of that. Also kind of funny. Um, but uh <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we just worked a lot together through school, even though we didn't have a lot of classes uh, together after that. I think administration maybe caught on that right. you know, maybe we shouldn't yeah. be together. Um, yep, they knew it. Yeah, so we, we just started working together through school, um, freelancing gigs that, that sort of came up as well. Um, and then we made the decision, you know, look, we work together pretty much on everything like let's just let's just work together for reels um just and move that in. was let's just move in let's just move yeah. in together <laughs> so we got the the keys to c design that was uh, a business that that kyle was already working into and he graciously uh, allowed me in at the time and we did more projects together and then uh yeah then we started strata which was like our next iteration you know we were like yeah we're gonna do the agency thing we're going to build some company that's, you know, bigger than ourselves. And we're going to work with really big brands and do really boring work because that's where the money is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that, that got old. <laughs> that's the dream. That got old really quick. Um, we started PB&J and we also started King in Portland shortly thereafter because, you know, who doesn't have enough on their plates uh, running a growing agency and figuring out how to do that. It's also <laughs> a good idea to start a direct-to-consumer brand at the same time. Um, and we leveraged our team at PB&J to help with that. Um, but it mm -hmm. was a beautiful learning and growth experience um, uh, through that. And uh, that, yeah, that, that's kind of the order of things. That's the, the origin story. Nice. And so, Kyle, as we're, as we're kind of going through that, that journey, why, you know, keep reinventing or why, what's the, what's the mm -hmm. driver for you that uh, says, Hey, we should scratch that itch or, or try that new thing. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> maybe that's just the way we were born. I don't know. Um, I think, I think a lot of it, I mean, our first, our first posture, our first company value, we call it postures is always be curious. And I think there's this, just this curiosity within both Tom and I, and, and a lot of times when we get back to that company strategy and company direction, it's just a lot of why. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? I think we're always asking that question. And that's what's always led to the evolution is it was never accepting of just kind of continue with the status quo and, and kind of carving out that time on, you know, first it was like whenever we could. And then it was like, oh, well, we'll you know, once a year we'll get away. And now we have like a full like, you know, quarterly strategy planning and stuff. And it's this continual asking of why sometimes it goes all the way back like it did uh, in the, in the summer of like to our, our mission and our vision, like, why are we really doing this, um, beyond what we thought we were doing two years ago? And sometimes it's more like, you know, tactical into the next coming months. Um, and that's really what it's been. It's like, why? So the decision ultimately to, to, uh, do your own D to C brand. Yeah. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, did you do your D to C <laughs> brand first and then said we should be you know, now we've learned some stuff. We should do an agency yeah. focus on D to C <laughs> or did you do the agency and said, Oh, we should also have a brand. 
well, I guess just to confirm, so I don't mix the, the paradoxical metaphor, is the DTC brand the chicken or the egg? Oh, man. Like, why? Good question. It's the egg. Let's, let's just say it's the egg. Let's um, say it's the egg. Yeah. So, so in this, in this paradox, the egg came first. Um, the, the long story short, because the long story is not really that interesting. Um, so the short story might be mediocre uh, in its interest level, but we, we worked with um, a client and they kind of ended up kind of just scrapping that whole business. It was a sock subscription business. And we were like, huh, that seems too bad. Like we really, we really liked what we, what we did there together. We liked the brand. We liked the site. Um, they had all the operations and everything kind of ready. Uh, we were like, you know what, let's just, let's just see what it would be like to, to kind of take that over. Like why waste, why waste a good thing? Why throw out a good egg when you can cook it? So we had that conversation um, after a lot of back and forth. It didn't make any business sense for us to acquire it. Um, so we said, you know what, screw it. We'll just, we'll just do it ourselves. Um, we're, we're more than capable and we could probably learn a lot of cool stuff along the way. So we did. We started King in Portland from scratch, you know, like went through naming and branding, um, building the site, sourcing the um, manufacturer, the distribution. Like we just, we did everything. Um, that was well in advance of us ever having an interest or a pivot to focus and specialize in direct to consumer e commerce. Um, but Frig, we learned a lot. So at its peak, what was kind of the volumes going through King in Portland? Monthly subscribers before we sold, geez, we had like four or 500 monthly subscribers. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, like in yeah. various, on various different plans, right? So you we had like monthly, quarterly, and, and annual. But um, yeah, we had four or 500 subscribers. Uh, we were designing like a custom design sock every month that was curated to some other element or seasonal thing. Um, I, if I must say myself, like it, it was, it was a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, yeah it was. It, it just started getting to that, that sort of critical mass point where we were like, we, this is not a side hustle anymore. Yeah. This is a full fledged mm -hmm. brand and business. We're either, we either need to see this through or we need to wind it down. Um, and we, we had a great opportunity come up where an, uh, a larger menswear um, brand uh, was interested in acquiring it. And we ended up selling King of Portland to them to, to kind of continue it on. But um, yeah, I mean, a side hustle within, I think that was within about a year and a half or two years total uh, grew from like, I think just, just our parents who were getting socks and we just had like a garage full of boxes um, to, <laughs> yeah. to us having like a, oh gosh, a yes. decent, decent sized uh, uh, subscriber base that, yeah, we were, we were building pretty quickly. Well, I remember the King in Portland days like early on and uh, my, my business partner, Phil, I'm pretty confident was either a subscriber or had bought a uh, product from you guys. It's, it's such, Are you uh, serious? Some, oh yeah. hundred percent. Like we're, that's oh, I feel I'm like, I'm going to blush Dave. I've, I just feel like that's, I've, I've been just started like, I don't know. I, I didn't even know. I'm just, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> like, you, to be you, clear. I did not buy shit from you. I was <laughs> saying maybe I said, maybe Phil did. I, I think uh, it's like, mm. maybe it was like a different maybe did. company that was better than yeah, you. Yeah. It was totally, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was. It was Frank and Oak, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, who's that? Who's that? Never heard of them. Um, yeah. Okay. So the the PB and J journey, 
what what do you guys feel was like the i like to ask this question especially to mm. canadians because they get it like what was like the tsn turning point yeah. of uh, of pb and j like turning point <laughs> like what was the what was the, the the moment in your in your journey in your game where you're like mm. you won that that certain client or got that certain hire or figured out a certain process or whatever that you're like okay now we're on to something mm. i've got one you can go, Kyle. Yes. Okay. Raise your hand next time. Can I go? Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Immediately, what comes to mind is reading the Business of Expertise by David C. Baker. That book challenged us so hard, going like, "What game are you actually in?" Uh, and then pairing that with a lot of like Blair Ends reading and, and David C. Baker and all those like thought leaders, put us on a journey that said, "Being a generalist is not the future." And what is it? Where do you need to specialize? And I think that was the big kind of turning point. It took us about probably two years from reading that book and finding our way, trying to go back to like our mission, vision, and, and position and go like, where the heck are we needing to go? And we landed at, hey, we're going to focus. We were always kind of done e commerce because we had mainly been focused in digital. Like we done a lot of web, but we did branding, we did content marketing, we did a lot of stuff. And we landed, hey, D2C e com is where we're going to go we're passionate about it. We can be good at it and we can make money there. And we landed there. This is, this is my favorite thing. We landed there honestly about like a month before COVID hit. Yeah. And I remember we're like, we got to make some brave decisions. And we, we, we let go a bunch of clients that didn't fit that position, like a marketing retainer that was all content marketing. And I remember getting on a phone call um, with those clients, which we had a long time just talking through the, why we're doing it. And we're going to help you find another partner, all stuff and cool, cool, cool. And honestly, like the next week we're on phone calls going like, shit, we just COVID hit and no one's buying. Yeah. What did we just do? Did we do the right thing? And for about six weeks, we sat in like every business did and going like, what's going to happen. No one was buying, nothing was happening. The good news on the other side of it, as, 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 as people may know, is e-commerce grew like 10 years and 10 months after COVID. But for a good, like, you know, two months there, it was like a real testing of like, okay, you read this book, you know, you believe in positioning and expertise, but uh, here's the real test. Cause you just fired everybody that is going to drive you through, through the pandemic. Yeah. I didn't actually realize that was how tight the timeline was. We had a similar oh. story where we had um, launched our craft and crew brand uh, January, 2020. Um, we were planning to run both agencies side by side, uh, social yep. at the time is kind of like our, our digital shop, open-ended digital. So content yep. video, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then craft and crew was really designed because we we're like, Oh, we were getting our, into some like pretty big meetings with some pretty serious brands and serious people. And I had like a yeah. CMO of a major Canadian bank, uh, be like, so do you guys do like social media? And we were there talking about like giant web projects for them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, we got it. This must end. So, <laughs> uh, that's like the origin story for the most part. And then, uh, you know, so we, we had both brands and we had like a president lined up who was going to run the social side. And, um, and then yeah, COVID hits like what, two yeah. months later, three months later. And we tried to keep both afloat through the first year of COVID. Wow. And, yeah. um, it was just very funny. Like you, you put, a unit of yeah. energy into trying to grow the social side and trying to be like, let's do just generalized digital marketing in a time where no one, no one was buying anything to your point. And you'd get yeah. like a negative result back. Meanwhile, you'd go to the craft and crew side and you'd reach out to someone about updating their site 
uh, as you know, major corporate sites and, and things like that. And, and yeah. like, not only would they be like, yeah, we need to, by the way, I've got a friend who needs, who's, who's yeah. either, their hundred yeah. million dollar company needs done too. And we just kind of realized that it sounds similar to you guys. Um, years ago, like when we launched the business, it was 2010, we were still like coming off the recession in that time. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, we had some, some mentors who really said like, you know, try to get into industries that are pretty recession proof. Um, we mm. did, uh, 70% of our portfolio was in education for a period of time on that advice where it's like, well, in recessions or depressions, like investment in education goes up, not down. Yeah. So it's like, if you can make that work in good times, then if you hit bad times, you're actually still probably going to be fine. Um, and yeah, so we looked at those yeah. kinds of industries and similar to you guys with D to C, like, you know, we don't have a lot of like retail clients, none actual, very, very few retail clients, but you know, our, our, one of our largest clients uh, is ExploreNet, the, the rural yeah. internet provider. Well, guess what? In COVID everyone's moving up to their cottage and needing to do video yeah. calls left and right. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we, we need better internet at the cottage. We've got to get yeah. yeah. Um, or like, uh, 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 we do a lot of work for realtor.ca web and, and mobile. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had like a little bit of a pause at the beginning when they were like, yeah. our industry is doomed. Uh, they, they paused all spending, <laughs> but just froze. And then, well, we all know what happened to the real estate industry, yeah. uh, yeah. shortly yeah. after. So, yeah, I think we, we also have this kind of like, like we had a crystal ball and like, it, it's almost like trying to keep our yeah. egos in check now of like, we did have that crystal ball. We'd been positioning the business for a decade yeah. in hopes that if the worst ever hit, we would, you know, have, be in the right industries with the right clients and that we'd be fine. And then sure enough, we were, it sounds like you guys had a, a similar crystal ball and uh, it, it worked out. I think that the timing of, of the it working out piece was the sort of the accelerant though, for, mm -hmm. you know, where we're at and, and how quickly we were able to cut our teeth. It, it was not, a slow transition. Mm -hmm. It wasn't this, this pivot that, that sort of took months, quarters, even a year, uh, like most often it was a cut and run sort of fire situation where yeah. after six or so weeks of absolutely nothing, like it, it blew up. So yes, we, we had a sense, a gut feeling that this is where things are moving. Um, but what the ball doesn't say ever is how quickly and when, um, yeah. so that I, I'll certainly personally say, I'll chalk yeah. that up to, to chance and, and maybe, um, good luck. But what, what I would maybe add to this is that, yeah, I, I think that that's, and that was at my dining room table. I think Kyle, it's like that, that really was mm -hmm. the, the big turning point, but outside of that, mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I guess, and maybe this is divisive, but. I think it's also kind of dangerous sometimes to look for or hope for or point back to that one thing that helped. Uh, I think it was a, a movement, a landslide of a lot of little things, a lot of little ideas and inklings uh, that, that kind of come together. And, and usually there's that one thing that just pushes that last stone over and, and you kind of get that, yeah that big mudslide that happens, but um, totally. That's a really great point. Yeah. We, we were moving that way and it was the, just that last that last pebble that blew up. 
I'm going to say this to the to the guy who has done Seth Godin's Alt MBA. You might say it was the linchpin that. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, you have looked oh. at my LinkedIn. <laughs> he does the research. I did at least six minutes of research before the, awesome. the interview. At least six. That's why I was late six. actually getting. Um, well, Dave, I didn't even know your name coming into this, so that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get called Dale once a day, so you you guys uh, didn't do that, and uh, I appreciate it. Now we can be best friends. <laughs> that's, that's good. Damn, oh, yeah. Once a day. We had a client in Texas one time uh, and a very, very sweet lady. Uh, she called the office um, was, uh, to our office manager like, yeah, can I speak to Mr. Dale Hole, please? And uh, ever since then, my alter ego has become Dale Hole, where if I'm like, having a <laughs> shitty day or if I'm like late, which I often am, it's like a that's a Dale Hole uh, moment. And, uh, even like my business partner, Phil texted me the other day about some, like, I think he's thinking of moving. Um, and he's kind of like a more considered person, like a, a big decision, like moving, like he's going to think about that intensely. And his wife is very much the same. They're going to really think yeah. through all their options and, and that's great. And I, again, going back to partnership balance, I think that's what worked well between yeah. me and I, he texted me, he's like, I'm in a bit of a Dale hole situation here, uh, <laughs> with this house. And I responded, I was like, Oh, what do you mean? You're going to make an irrational and quick decision with massive financial consequences. Like, you know, so it's just, uh, it's become a thing. So anyway, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, and, we need, we need to do something like that. Maybe we'll just use Dale hole. We'll just, yeah. we'll just bring that over. We'll just- <laughs> Okay. I want to talk about uh, something very specific you guys did, which is intriguing to me, which um, for all businesses, I think will be intriguing for agencies, especially you made the decision to shut down in August. Uh, Not sorry. I should preface this. You made the decision to shut down in August despite all this success. What I mean is literally for the month of August, you shut the agency down, you open it again, September one and, and uh, life goes on. But so this decision to to close in August, like, you know, can you walk Mm. us through that? You know, what are the takeaways? What's the debrief look like uh, in hindsight? Would you do it again? There's a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah. just you know, talk openly about it. Well, Dale, I think it's a completely different. Uh, <laughs> it's a, you could <laughs> you could do a whole new podcast on on that. Um, sorry, Kyle. Just Dale, the Dale Hole podcast <laughs> is where I just get on and like be a belligerent asshole to people. Hey, this is Dale. Yeah, uh, oh, so look, good. Okay, I, sorry. Kyle, Kyle does a better job of explaining, I think, what what came of it. So maybe I'll do the before and you yeah. can do the after, like a, yeah, like a nice that's, HGTV that's show. That's actually what I was thinking. You do wow. a great job of the before, so go for it. Um, you guys are adorable. Partnership. <laughs> partnership. We, we rehearsed this before, don't worry. Yeah. We knew exactly what you were going to ask because the crystal ball told us. Um, look, it, it's been... It's been a messed up year and a half. Uh, we went through a ton of change. We went through a lot of ups, a lot of downs, sometimes at the same time. Um, we pushed very hard. Um, like the team did, everybody rallied. Uh, there was a lot of work on the table. There was a lot of, um, a lot of things at, at stake. And it only can go on so long where you're in this fight or flight mode of like high intensity and anxiety uh, even when things like overall, so you talk about work life, like life might be okay, but if work isn't like, that's a huge part of anybody's day. And it really can leak, uh, into day-to-day life. And I, I felt that Kyle felt that everybody was feeling that. And we were having conversations more and more with the team, not explicit, but hearing lines and things that 
just again, you get those little moments over time that you have to listen to, uh, find the patterns and, and try to interpret it. But people were getting tired. They were getting burnt out, even though they, they didn't want to admit it. They were getting to the end of their rope. And it just kind of came up really organically in a conversation one Friday with Kyle and I had, and we just like, we had one particular jammer where we were trying to find a solution to give them a, a break, like a, a decent break, but not lose momentum. Um, and it just, it kind of came out of that where it's like, well, if this is what one person's feeling, and if we're trying to do this for one person and we're having a really difficult time putting all these pieces together, uh, if we're trying to keep things moving and it just came up, what if we yeah. just gave everybody the same time off? We don't have to worry about overlapping schedules or, or handing things off. Um, and I mean, that, that was a really, really easy decision. Like, well, yeah, let, let's do that. Um, what it came down to and why it ended up being the month of August is like, as, as we all know, a week is not a vacation. You get to, you get to Friday. And I think if you do it right, you're just starting to feel like you can get ready to relax. So then you have the second week where you actually get to enjoy it. But what, what we asked ourselves was, but what do we actually want to get out of this? Is it just to let people relax and then enjoy some time off and then get right back to the same pace? back to what Kyle was saying earlier, why are we doing this? Yeah. We need people to actually have time to recharge, not just relax, recharge and reflect. Do we want to come back to more of the same? Or are we trying to make a conscious and intentional change? So really our, our basic math was if week one allows you to just, you know, <laughs> whatever happens in week one, week two is about relaxation Week three is about recharging and week four, I don't know anybody, myself included, that's had a four week vacation before consecutively. So what the heck happens there? We don't know. That's probably a good time mm -hmm. to reflect. You're staring into the void being like, what do I do with my life? I'm not supposed to retire. I'm in my thirties uh, or, or younger. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the whole point though, was just, yeah. do you guys have any kids? Yeah, we both yeah. got two. How old are they? Mine are uh, five and eight. Mine are four. So basically what you guys did in that fourth week, you went into the unknown. Just like Elsa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate in that. Yes. I go into the unknown at least once a day. <laughs> uh, once a, that's pretty good. I, like, not from a hour, vacation like standpoint, but uh, yeah, we, we, our household, uh, someone is watching uh, Frozen 1, 2. Actually, Oof. I'll go on a very small tangent for a second. The coolest thing about my oldest daughter, she's three and a half. The coolest thing about her I've discovered is that her favorite Elsa related content is watching on Disney plus the making of frozen two. It's her favorite. <laughs> it's her favorite one. And I'm like, this is my favorite content on Disney plus two. It's so good. Making of. Actually. And uh, so, yeah, that was like the moment where I was like, okay, I okay. guess we can like keep you because the first yes. three years were fucking rough. But now you like the same <laughs> shit I like. So we're on to something. We're, we're on, on to something, something here. Oh. Uh, you should definitely become I an animator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, guys. Okay. No, so it's good. No, so it's good. into the unknown week four. And then Kyle, what, yeah. uh, you know, what came out the other yeah. side? It's so interesting. I think what came out of it, um, I'll, I'll preface it saying, you know, we went into it, you know, the first question is probably everybody goes like, how do you do that practically from like a, a work standpoint, operationally, financially, we figured out some of it. We didn't figure it at all. Um, and there's still stuff that we're trying to figure out. Um, that's maybe another podcast, but two things that come right to the top of my reflection. Um, when we look back at, at what happened was 
leading up to August, we started talking about the stuff that no one was talking about. And I use this analogy uh, to try and explain it. Um, and I use it with the team a lot was like, that shit has always been in the closet. The only difference now is we decided we have a moving date on August 1st and you got to take that shit out of the closet and you got to deal with it because that box is there and you got to move it. It didn't change that it was always there. And so for me as a leader, like that was like super exciting. And I'm like, yeah, we're talking about the real stuff. We're like, we're solving the real problems behind the problems. The team is stressed out of their mind because they're like, yeah, but we only have eight weeks to do this. And I just need to get this project done. So there was a lot of like balancing that, like, Hey, how do, how do we give you support and stability? We're going to get there. And also like, this is a, like a great opportunity because like, it's forcing us to go like, what's the real problem here? What's the real thing in your way? And we had a really like human and productive conversations operationally, um, like creatively, um, interpersonally or individually. Like it was a really interesting time, those eight weeks leading up to August. And then as we got to there and we kind of got all the patron work wrapped up and said, here's how we're going to deal with August and we'll get it all done. And we'll have like some contractors in the wings in case something breaks. That was basically our strategy, which didn't really happen, but there was one big thing and then they kind of took care of it. And anyhow, so we go there, we took a lot of care to kind of go like, if we're going to go about do this, how do we on, like, how do we offboard into August? And then how do we re-onboard into September and offboarding into August was like, Tom was saying, setting up that time to go like, how are you, how are you going to recharge? Uh, and then how do we want to come back? And when we came back in September, after we'd gone into the unknown and um, sang all the beautiful songs, I can't say without smiling, we came back and I would describe it as like shower thought days. What, what we said to the, the team was, we don't know exactly what's supposed to happen here, but those first week or two back, if we're going to go through all of this, you know, to kind of create that headspace, the last thing that you should be doing on day one back is catching up on your inbox. And so we really just protected the time with the team and said, patron work, we got to get back to it. We got to get to some stuff, but we actually took about a week and a half. Once we came back the first three days, we spent a lot of time sitting down with the team asking, what is the most important thing right now? And what can you contribute to that? And then the following week, giving people the time and space, like just really try to reduce our patron work to go like, what should you do this week? And it was incredible, the important, but never urgent, but incredibly impactful stuff that got done, whether it was a process piece, whether it was someone sitting down and go like, this is actually where my role should go. I think we had like two role changes that came out of it, which were actually aligned to stuff Tom and I were talking about earlier on, but they kind of came to that conclusion. They saw the opportunities um, and a ton of just like really impactful work that set the foundation of what we hope and are already seeing, but will will kind of be that next level. Um, of, of where we want to go in terms of the quality of work, but also the quality of culture and the quality of like teamwork and all that kind of good stuff. Well, I've been saying for a long time and use this here, here's my, uh, how the sausage is made uh, secret sauce to our, our new business, <laughs> but just Tom, you know, take it uh, however you want. But I often say to clients, like, listen, if, if what you're doing is hiring your agency partner or your production partner, simply because of the work, I think that's 50%. Like, yeah. Imagine if we, I mean, I have two daughters, not yeah. that matter, you have children. Sorry. My dog is barking. It's great. It's all right. Um, but, uh, imagine you have your kids, your kids start dating someday and, uh, they want to bring somebody home uh, to meet the family. And the idea of like, imagine asking the question, well, why are they special enough to come here? And they they respond like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're really nice. <laughs> well, like nice is the baseline. If you're not nice, yeah. like you shouldn't even be talking to the person. And that's how I feel often about like clients making their decisions of which agency to work with. I mean, 
ultimately mm. yeah. you just have to review portfolio case studies, whatever you'll get a sense of like aesthetic. Are you aligned? Do they have good performance yeah. outcomes? Yeah. Do they have the technical chops for the platform you need or that you want to be on. Th that's all the nice stuff. Like it's just like, that's table stakes. And, and I think in yeah. 2021, it's pretty obvious who's good, who's okay. Pricing probably is reflected in that. Sometimes it's not. And those are the unicorns, you know, the, yeah. the small team that is wicked ass work and is half the cost that we are. And, you know, I, I, I envy those, those people <laughs> um, a lot, yeah. but, um, all this damn infrastructure we have, uh, this office <laughs> that we don't need or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, listen, fine. So the reason you have to pay as much because we signed a 10 year lease <laughs> uh, months, months before the pandemic. And it's, uh, this is it's a great proposal. Cheap. Yeah, it's a great proposal. <laughs> anyway, so like, the, there's like the nice, which is like, can you do the work? And I think that's that's what that is. But the other 50% of, that goes into this business is all the the other stuff, which is the, what are the processes? What are the systems? How are the people they're treated? How are they compensated? Are they compensated in a way that they're going to stick around? Or is it just a gauntlet? Are they doing things like going into the unknown? Yeah all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, I, I, I like to, we like to focus on, on that a lot in our uh, production company. And, and, you know, it sounds like you guys are doing the awesome work there. And so I would be remiss not to remind our audience mm -hmm. or, or let our audience know that you guys have that 50% altruistic, important business leadership side of things down. Obviously we didn't touch on is you also are a top three mm -hmm. web design agency on clutch top five e-commerce agency, yeah. uh, a top 10 creative and design agency, a top 10 highest ranking B2B company, uh, and a top web designer and web design agency. Like you, like these Stop awards it. just stop Dave. Well, I mean, you guys won the awards and, and you had the, <laughs> you put the information on the internet. So clearly you were proud about I'm it. I'm telling you to stop, but it's on my LinkedIn. Exactly. Stop don't it. Be. But no, this keep reading. Stop it. Don't be. <laughs> don't be. Uh, stop. Don't stop. No. It's not like I had to do intense investigative work to <laughs> find like, these accolades. Like they it's were, like literally in my email signature. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like, let's, let's just be honest here. But anyway, I just wanted to say, uh, I do hope that when clients are, are making their selection of agencies, that they look at that side of things and say, okay, they have the creds there, but then look at yeah. things like your month long checkdown, hopefully listen to an interview like this to get the behind the scenes as to why that happened and say, you know, those are the people we want to work with because they are, they're nice and they have other reasons for yeah. coming home. So, uh, you know, so that's good. kind of, uh, Thanks, thank you. kind of all the time that we, we have for today. This is like probably, um, one of my most fun interviews we've done. I'm also mildly medicated on um, uh, Robitussin. Robitussin and stuff. Uh, unrelated to how fun this was. But <laughs> Unre I, yeah, know. unrelated to how fun it was. But I think uh, years ago, I had this idea uh, inspired by Drunk History, which was called High Tech. <laughs> and so you just like people like me who are like tech adjacent, let's say, where it's like, you know, we yeah. employ developers. I'm not one most of our clients are, are some form of tech SaaS, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to get really high and then like try to communicate technical concepts, um, <laughs> like explain how PHP works, but I actually have no idea, but like, uh, this is anyway, high tech. Yeah. Coming to I like that coming yeah. to a platform near you. Uh, that's its other, own podcast. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My other, uh, genius marketing content marketing idea I want to create a TikTok account called TikTok, where I just discuss the dangers of Lyme disease uh, yeah. regularly. And uh, yeah, I mean, so this is the kind of stuff that goes on in the unknown uh, over here. So, 
But, yeah. uh, and look, it's a growing concern here. in Ontario. Truly. I'm just, yeah, I'm up here doing yeah. God, God's work really is what I want to do. So <laughs> guys, Tom, Kyle, PB&J, add pbnj.ca.com.com. Both will work though. Both will work though. There we go. Add pbnj.com. Amazing D2C e-commerce agency here based in Canada doing great work and are great people. So guys, there's a lot of fun. I hope we can do it again. Likewise. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Of course. Yes. And uh, thanks for having us. And sorry, I should also give a shout out. You guys have a podcast as well. You want to give the, you want to give the, the shout out to it? Yeah. Our podcast is called Commerce Chefs because we obviously like food and chefs. every every name that, that we have. CommerceChefs.com. Um, you can hear all of season one and our summer season there uh, for some some goody two shoes on uh, being a, a great commerce leader uh, and also hopefully some good insights that, that any uh, agency owner or leader in general um, might want to pull. Well, and if there's any... Um cannabis brands listening to this uh, we'll take your sponsorship we'll we'll start high tech podcast um i'm sure the three of us are are basically in uh, yeah. so just we're just waiting for for you hexo yeah it's called cannabis not cantabis so you keep dreaming on that because <laughs> you you can the best do yeah, it. i got it okay. can you explain yeah. hey, um kyle can you, can, explain uh, can you explain the joke again <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at this uh, image right now, Kyle, on our Slack channel that says uh, jokes are like good UI. If you have to explain it, <laughs> it's not good. I think it was good. I just am like yeah. a little, I, you know, I was lost a little bit if, because um, it's like a can can't thing. That's, that's what yeah. you're doing. Okay. Yeah. It's, I thought know, it was something about the, yeah. uh, I thought you were referencing the, like the abyss um, the movie. And well, uh, mm, okay. Could be. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's do it again sometime guys thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and thanks dave appreciate it appreciate it stay well man see ya journey map is hosted by me dave hale and produced by the digital experience design agency crafting crew if you enjoyed today's interview and want to stay updated as new episodes of journey map are available please subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening now you can also sign up to receive the Journey Map newsletter at www.craftingcrew.ca forward slash journeymap.